Heavenly Father, we acknowledge that you are the true and living God at work in our world. We remember, Father, our nation, and we thank you that we live in a nation which is peaceful, a nation of plenty, a nation where most of us are healthy and provided for. And even in our nation, there are people in desperate need. And we ask that you, through us, your people, might be sensitive to that and responsive to it. We remember other nations, Lord, where it's not peaceful and it's not affluent and where life is very hard. We remember the country of Burma and we pray particularly for the Chin people who'll come and worship on our property, on your property. And we commit them to you and pray, Lord, that you might provide for them, that they might grow and reach the other hundreds of Chin people living in Brisbane. We pray for the country of Japan. Again, ask for your intervention, for your assistance, for your help. Heavenly Father, we remember Andrew and commit him to you and ask again, could you please intervene? Could you please help the doctors find a correct diagnosis? Can you, Lord, just touch his life and raise him up? We pray for Pastor Phil, that you'll help him in the recovery processes as well and help him to return to light duties in the immediate future. We pray for ourselves, Lord, now as we turn to your word, your very precious word, the one that you've chosen to communicate truth to us. And we pray that you might enlighten us, that you might show us uh, what the word, the text means, and then, Lord, assist us with an appropriate response that we might run the race following Jesus and that we might finish well. Help us, speak to us, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. After people, pastors preach, oh, Pastor David's speaking tonight too, if you'd like to come and hear him. He spoke a couple of weeks ago and tonight he's finishing off um, Thessalonians. So I commend that to you. It'd do you good to come to church twice on Sunday, wouldn't it? Hmm. David spoke very clearly and very challengingly and very easy to follow and to connect with and I feel very threatened with my job. <laughs> no, I don't. But I commend that to you and encourage you to support him in prayer as well. Uh, when people leave church and they shake the pastor's hand, the preacher's hand or whatever, they sometimes say things that are not pre-thought or maybe they are. Here was a list of some of the things that uh, pastors have been told as they're leaving, Pastor, you men always manage to find something to fill up the time. <laughs> I don't care what they say, I like your sermons. <laughs> hmm. If I'd known you were going to be good today, I'd have brought a neighbour. <laughs> we shouldn't make you preach so often. Well, Pastor, every week, you're better than next week. <laughs> Don't you dare. <laughs> In this passage, the Apostle Paul, who is now a senior man, I'm not, I don't know his age, but I'm guessing in his 60s, that's not old, is it? 60s, not old. Uh, back then, it was getting that way lived a pretty hard life, a lot of travel, been knocked around, been beaten up, had been, uh, you know, 
starved almost to death, uh, persecuted, chased, hassled. So his body now bears that aging process. It's been accelerated for him and he finds himself in prison and it's the end and he knows it's the end. And he's dictating, I suspect, letters to a secretary who is sending them off and this is one of his final letters. And this letter is written to one of his close buddies, one of the guys that he targeted and said, I want you, I want you to uh, journey with me, I'm going to instruct you, I'm going to train you and then I want you to carry the baton on to his young protege, Timothy, whom Paul has been training and investing in for decades and preparing him. And Timothy is now the senior pastor at a church in Ephesus and Paul writes this last letter to him. And it's very personal, so we're reading what Paul, the trainer, says to his student, Timothy. And the emphasis in verses 1 to 5 that I don't want to focus on, but this is the context, um, it it flows out of the end of chapter 3. There was no chapter breaks. It's just after Paul has spoken about, you know, all the scriptures are inspired by God and it's profitable for us to equip us and train us. And then Paul says, chapter 4, verse 1, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who's going to judge the living and the dead and in view of his appearing in his kingdom, this is the charge. I solemnly charge you, Timothy, preach the word. Preach his message, not yours. Don't get distracted, don't make stuff up, preach the word. When should I preach the word? Be ready in season, out of season, at every opportunity, preach the word. Not just preach the word, but also pastor God's people. Correct, rebuke and encourage them with great patience. You'll need to repeat it, you'll need to be wait patiently for people to catch up with great patience, but also with careful instruction out of the scriptures. Preaching and pastoring are to be word-centred experiences. We are to have biblical conversations and to communicate biblically, Paul says to Timothy. Um, And then he warns Timothy, verses 3 and 4, there is a time coming when they, who is they? Well, I think Paul means people in church. A time is coming when they, the people in church, will not put up with sound, healthy teaching or doctrine, instead to suit their own desires they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Oh, stop teaching the Bible. Can you tell us about health principles and how to have successful businesses and all those sorts of things. Uh, verse 4, they will turn their ears away from the truth and they'll turn aside to myths, fables, uh, fabrications of people. Instead of listening to what God says very clearly, the black bits in the Bible, they'll be more interested in the white bits the bits that aren't there, the myths and stories and fables that go behind biblical revelation. And then Paul comes back to his focus on Timothy, verse 5. But you, Timothy, keep your head in all situations. Literally, it's be sober. Don't become intoxicated with this wealth of ideas and fads and religiosities and uh, things that are going on out there. Stay clear-headed, focused, in control. Think clearly. Keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. You will get flack. Uh, Life is tough. Um, Do the work of an evangelist. Don't get off track. Don't forget that's what the mission is all about. It's about winning lost people to Jesus and discharge all the duties of your ministry. Complete the job that you've been given to do. Pastor faithfully. Preach carefully. And then he comes to the end. Well, before we move on, that's how Paul introduces it. The priority of preaching has to be established in Timothy's, Timothy's life. He has to watch out for uh, people will have a tendency to drift. 
and it's poor hearing is to be avoided, but there's also this note of perseverance. You need to pursue these four practices. Now, the implication for us is this. This is what Paul says to Timothy. This is what God says to pastors. Uh, This is what God says to those who teach God's Word, Bible teachers. Uh, This is what God would say to the pastoral team, if you like. But that's not most of you, is it? Say, do you get off scot-free? No. There is an implication. And here is the implication. If pastors and Timothy is to preach God's word, then God's people are to hear God's word, to receive God's word, to hunger for it, to pray for the preacher, to listen carefully, to receive biblical truth and then to weigh it up and respond to it, to obey it where it's very clear and to where it's um, just the pastor's opinion, it's up for grabs. But it's God's word, it's not up for grabs, your choice is to obey or disobey. preacher once asked the church about, what do you do with the commands in the Bible? And a little old lady put up a hand and said, I underline them in blue. I underline them in blue. And it's not about underlining commands in your Bible in blue, though that can be a helpful thing. It's about doing them, obeying God's word. So if Timothy, pastors that have preached God's word, God's people are to receive God's word, to respond to pastoral directions. If Timothy is to um, convince, correct and encourage with great patience and careful instructions, it's a biblical conversation that's to be had and God's people are to be open to the shepherd correcting, encouraging, convincing, to be open to that and to be responsive to it. You as God's people must also be aware by implication of the tendency for people to drift, both yourself but also perhaps friends and others. Be aware of the tendency to drift, to drift from the clear teaching of God's Word, a change of philosophy given by your own desires or needs and to have your own favourite teachers who will teach, uh, say things to you that you want to hear and so you can avoid hearing what God wants to say to you, perhaps uncomfortable truths. Watch the tendency to change focus from clear revelation of Scripture and getting into myths and fables and stories and all other sorts of gobbledygook. Stay focused on the truths of God's Word. And then finally, you as God's people, like Timothy, you have a job to do as well. And just like he must complete his ministry, so too must you. You must evangelise as well as the pastors. You must endure afflictions as well as them. You have to be clear-headed. You have to watch this tendency to be distracted, to get busy with life, uh, but to lose focus upon what our life is really about, serving Him and following Him. Then we come, in the last three minutes, to the bit that I really want to talk about. So put your surfboard on and we're going to drink from a fire hydrant. This is going to go quick. In verse 6, Paul says he gives a clue, a big clue, which is helpful to us about how he finished well. He made it. And what he did is what we can do and we can learn from him. He says primarily three things, verse 6, verse 7, verse 8. In verse 6, he talks about I am. In verse 7, he talks about I have. And in verse 8, he'll talk about there is. He looks within, he looks back and he looks ahead. We can do the same sorts of things if we are going to finish well. 
Paul's approaching the end of his life in that very dark prison and he hands the baton to Timothy and he says, now Timothy, you run. I've trained you, I'm at the end, I'm about to finish, you take over, you continue the job and then you in turn train others and pass the truth on to them. That's what we are to be doing. And if I get time, I'll come back to that at the end. Here is Paul in his senior years, he's come to the end of his life, he's not discouraged, he's not broken, he's not irritated, he's not a cranky old man, there's no sense of despair or defeat, he's not cynical. Three of our pastors, Pastor David, Pastor Alvin and I went to a conference this week where we heard a guy by the name of Gordon MacDonald, you might know him through his books, and we spent a day with him and it was uh, very encouraging. He's 72 years of age. Is that old? <laughs> getting there. I think 55's getting old. So here is a guy who's retired, he's in his senior years, He's probably got 10, 20 years to go, but anyway, he's getting on. And he is very positive about the next generation of Christians. He looks forward expectantly that here comes young people who are sold out to God, like Remember Seven in the band, who are passionate, focused, different. And he is quite hopeful that they'll probably enlighten us with some perspectives on the Scriptures that, that we don't quite see given our upbringing and our backgrounds and things like that. So he's very positive at the end, just like the Apostle Paul here. He's positive, he's calm. So what can he teach us about finishing well? Well, firstly, he looks within and he says, I am. Now notice what he says, I am already being poured out like a drink offering and the time of my departure has come. Paul's alluding to an Old Testament practice where you took a sacrifice, like a burnt offering or whatever, and you... Uh, laid the sacrifice on the altar and just before the final part of the act is you took a glass of wine, a goblet of wine and you poured that as a libation offering over the sacrifice. It was the last bit of the offering that was already over an existing offering. That's what Paul is alluding to. He's saying, the last drops of my own sacrifice are falling and my time to go has come. My life has been on the altar. I've been a living sacrifice for Christ. And now my death is that libation offering. It's the end process. It's time for me to go. And he says this in the midst of his uh, great discomfort in an awful prison that I won't have time to go into. My whole life, he says, living sacrifice. My death is now the drink offering. He finished well because his attitude was, I am not my own, I am expendable. I am not needed, I am not required, I am a servant and I am here to do his job, so too for you, so too for me. We serve at the pleasure of the king and it's his will to be done. I'm already being poured out like a drink offering, Paul says. I can see the finish line and the time has come for my departure. He finished well because he knew death wasn't the end. He finished well because he knew that death was a leaving of the train from the station, it was a departure. And the word that he uses, apolousis, you don't need to know that, it's the word that is used when you unyoke an animal from the plough that had been labouring quite hard. My labours are over. I've finished my task. It's the word that is used where you would unchain the prisoner and set him free. Paul is saying, I am being set free from this body of sin. It's the word that is used where you, the soldiers who had been camping in tents and tied by ropes, had fought their battle, they've won the battle, they now come back and they release the ropes. The tents are folded up. 
He's saying, the battle is over for me. Um, I've won and I'm heading home. It's the word that is also used finally for a ship which is tied up to the, the wharf and you untie it and the ship then sails for another shore. That's what Paul is saying. I'm leaving the shores of this world and I'm sailing for a calmer port in heaven. He finished well because he knew there would come a time of his departure. But the departure is not the end. There is another life. A life where we will appear before the king. That's how he began this book, chapter in verse 1. I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus who will judge the living and the dead in view of his appearing and his kingdom. He is the coming judge. And we need to live our life in light of that. Paul says... I finished well because I'm a living sacrifice and I finished well because I knew that one day I would stand before him. goes on, verse 7. He says, looking back, he says three things. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I have fought the good fight. Picture of like a wrestler. I've jumped into the ring and I've done everything I possibly can. I have wrestled. I've wrestled in prayer. I have wrestled against my own sinful desires. I have wrestled against arguments against Christ. I have fought the good fight. It's a good fight. It's about the gospel. I've stood for the gospel. I've fought for the gospel and I have kept at it. And in the end, I have won. Well, I don't have time to unpack that any further, but you get the idea. He says, I have finished the course. He was playing golf, obviously. (coughs) I suspect it's a running course. I've finished the race, the course. Um, I haven't dropped out. When I was younger, I used to run. (laughs) When I was younger, I used to run. And I was more of a sprinter than a long-distance guy, but our high school where I went, they used to make us do a five miles, what's that, eight kilometres run every year. And the guy that was in our school, his name was Wayne Hall, he was a state champion. He could do it in like 20 minutes, 25 minutes. So he was the guy we're always after. He was the guy we were always trying to compete. There was this thing called hitting the wall (coughs) where you run and where all your energy and your muscles has been, glucose has been consumed and then your body switches uh, fuel tanks and it's at that point you start burning body fat. Maybe I should go for a run. (laughs) But it's in that process of switching tanks that they call hitting the wall. It's marathon runners particularly are the ones who experience this. And it's something you've got to go through and it's painful. But if you've been training, if you've been putting yourself through little increments of pain as you go along, then when you hit the wall in the marathon, it'll be less painful. You will continue on. Depending on what you have been doing and your choices, your training, little bits of pain or a lot of pain when you hit this particular event. Paul says, I have finished the race. I broke through the wall. I continued to the end. I didn't give up through discipline, through training, through all those means. And then he says, and I have kept the faith. I've guarded the truths, the faith, the truths about Christ. And Timothy and Titus are filled with this sort of concept of guarding the deposit of the gospel, the essentials. You can't keep the faith if you're unclear about the faith. You need to know what you believe, the essentials. It's important for us to be students of God's word and to know what it says and to stand true to it. Because one day we will stand before him, then on this day we need to stand up for him and the truths of his word. Paul says, I finished well because I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. There is, verse 8, he looks ahead, 
there is now in store for me the crown of righteousness which the lord the righteous judge will award me on that day and not only to me but to all who have longed for his appearing paul knew he was going to heaven he knew he was going to be in the presence of his lord and he knew there was no condemnation he knew that there would be a review he knew that there would be an accounting but it'll be the lord jesus looking for the good things not the bad things the bad things will be burned up and dismissed but the good things they get rewarded paul saying i'm going to the oscars in the sky i have not only been nominated i expect to win that's the picture and everybody wins if we finish well if we serve faithfully salvation is by grace it's a free gift but the rewards are based on our faithful service to him undoubtedly paul felt nero's about to condemn me his head's going to be removed decapitated but jesus who was the righteous judge will vindicate me one day you too will stand before god you need to follow jesus but you need to finish well pastor should preach the word people should receive the word pray for it listen for it listen carefully take it on board obey it we should be responsive to pastoral instructions that comes out of the word we need to watch the tendency to drift we need to watch the tendency to be distracted and we need to finish well and we will finish well if our life is a sacrifice and our death is a departure we will finish well if we're engaged in the cause of christ guarding the truth of the gospel and we will finish well if we li live in view of that day when we will stand before a righteous judge that's a lot of information let me encourage you read the passage again read it carefully in fact i'm going to do that you listen carefully then i'm going to pray and then julie will come in the presence of god and of christ jesus who will judge the living and the dead and in view of his appearing and his kingdom i give you this charge preach the word be prepared in season out of season correct rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine instead to suit their own desires they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear they will turn their ears away from the truth and i'll turn aside to myths but you keep your head in all situations endure hardship do the work of an evangelist discharge all the duties of your ministry for i am already being poured out as a drink offering the time of my departure has come i have fought the good fight i have finished the race i have kept the faith and now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness which the lord the righteous judge will award to me on that day and not only to me but also to all who have longed for his appearing let's pray <clears throat> thank you heavenly father that you are a god who communicates and that you have given us your word bless our church by faithful preaching and bless our church lord by faithful hearing and obedience we pray for people who drift that you might help them to repent and return to the path we pray that you'll guide us against distractions and that you'll help us lord to finish well our life is a sacrifice we are engaged in the cause of the gospel and we need to live our life lord a sister in view of your return when you will call us to give a report and we will 
engage in a review. May your will be done in our lives today and the days of this week. In Jesus' name, amen.